0: i think it's so it's easier for a lot of reasons but one is is that the only way to go 10x is to make it easier you've got to free yourself from the 80 you got to get who's involved you got to go get deeper in your unique ability like to go 10x you actually have to make it easier but also it becomes easier and easier because you're letting go of the 80 which is not only your old habits or your old security it's your old stories it's your past it's your traumas To go 10x, you got to not only let the future dictate who you are in the present, but you got to continuously transform your past. All of those shackles that are holding you down, which is your 80%. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser.
1: Elevate Nation. Welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with the great Dr. Benjamin Hardy today. Today, you're going to learn why 10X is easier than 2X and why it is your birthright to step into unlimited abundance in terms of your freedom, in terms of having the things that you want, in terms of living the life that you want. There's only one little clue here it takes a decision and it takes a continual decision to step into the identity of transformation ongoing. We're going to talk about the mechanics of this. We're going to talk about the mindset of this and how you can really embody and install this, what I would call an operating system within your life so that you can move forward and you can go exponential rather than linear. And if you love Elevate, elevate podcasts, I know that you are all about exponential, you're not about linear. So let's go big today. Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I'm a professional real estate investor and entrepreneur. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? it is time. We are absolutely doing that today. We are going to raise the bar as high as it can be raised. And actually, I take that a little bit back because there's no such thing. There's no finish line. And But I can tell you right now, we are reaching a new level. And I think you're going to love today's podcast. You will be transformed by today's podcast. So please buckle up. Uh, If you have not done so already, I highly recommend that you check out episode 287 with Dr. Benjamin Hardy on Elevate, where we talked about how you can transform your life through who, not how, elevate your investment performance by focusing on the gain and create the best version of you by being your future self now. And today we're going to build on that conversation. You are going to absolutely be blown away by this opportunity to dive into Ben's newest book, which is called 10X is Easier Than 2X, which he wrote with Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. So without further ado, please enjoy this unbelievably transformative conversation with Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Dr. Ben Hardy, welcome back to Elevate, my friend. How are you doing?
0: It's just good to be back with you.
1: It is so great to be back with you. And I know that the Elevate Nation really, really enjoyed our first conversation. Of course, uh, they can find that episode 287 and, you know, we promised the listeners that we would be sitting down again together. And of course we deliver on promises here. So that's what we're here to do, man. But uh, you know, since you and I first talked, you sent me over your newest book with Dan Sullivan, 10X is easier than 2X. And first of all, the title obviously jumps off the, the, the page there and, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, well, wait a minute, how could that be easier? And uh, so I, I loved loved, loved, loved the book. And to your credit, you said it's who, not how on steroids. And I could not agree more.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole FAQ, you know, as you know, in the back of the book on who, not how, but this really gives the, what the, I would say the why between who, not how, you know, it gives the why of why even apply who, not how and what's possible if you do.
1: Exactly. And you You know, the the other thing that's interesting, and before we really dive in, because I I wanna dissect this with you, um, because I think that first of all, the listeners are going to have the opportunity to go purchase the book and dive in themselves and study it, like myself and my business partner are currently. And application is obviously the most powerful thing. But talk to me about this concept because you know, this the word and really the phrase or whatever we want to call it, 10x. You know, it's become popularized in, in other sectors. And in some senses, it's like literally do more and you know, have more results. But what really stood out to me from a high level is this is more about an identity than really about you know, number of calls or output or you know, results, so to speak. Now, there's, I think the results are lagging indicators of that identity shift. But does that resonate with you from a high level, Ben? Big time
0: big time. I actually look at there's three core principles here in like what I w- what we would call like a 10x psychology. There's identity and obviously your identity is who you are, what you see, what you say yes to. It, your identity is actually two things. It's your story and it's your standards. And so it's identity, it's time and it's leadership. Those are the three components of what 10x actually is and what makes it possible. And you're dead right. It's a popular subject, but the the reason why I really love Dan Sullivan's thinking and his models and this is by the way what I think all education is is education doesn't tell you what to think it tells you how to think and if you can actually learn different ways of thinking then with those different models or frameworks you can get lots of ideas and understanding and insight so the reason i love uh, dan's thinking is that he thinks in terms of binaries he thinks in terms of what is the thing that's going to create the best result or the most freedom and what's the opposite And so we already talked a lot about who, not how, right? And like, we know that if you go on the who side, that's what's going to produce the most freedom, the biggest opportunities, uh, et cetera. And that most people are trained on the opposite side of that spectrum, which is how. And if you think about it like a bell curve, both of those are kind of outliers. Like, And Dan invites you to go all the way to the side that's going to create the most freedom, even though the side that maybe we're most triggered to is the opposite side, which creates less freedom, less results, more frustration. And so- Again, back to just the idea of frameworks of thinking. We wrote the book, The Gap and the Gain. The Gap and the Gain is one way of operating, which is going to create more growth, meaning, happiness, joy. Whereas you've got the other side, which is the tendency. The tendency for people, even high achievers, is to be in the gap where they're measuring themselves the wrong way and always unhappy, unsatisfied, which they may actually think is useful, but it's not. And so the reason why this book is really an interesting concept and why I thought it was so powerful and why I wanted to dive deep into this was People talk about 10X all the time at a very surface level, and they've never actually defined what it means because they've never actually defined what the opposite of 10X is, truly. They just say, yeah, I think 10 times bigger and work 10 times harder, which is actually not when you start to peel it apart and actually start to dissect it, and you actually start to define it against its opposite, which is what 2X is, which is interesting when you're like, wow, 2X actually is the opposite of 10X. And then we can start to pull apart the differences, but no one's actually dissected the conversation that far. And so my belief is, is that most of the conversations on 10 X actually lead people to two X are our focus on doing a lot more working harder. Uh, and it's very ineffective and non-transformational.
1: And I think the biggest part of the conversation that has been missing until now has been, well, if you want to go 10 X, it's about thinking bigger, right? Which is a great part of the process. Right. But I think, the shift that you just talked about in terms of well, what is the opposite of 10 what is the opposite of 10x? And it's really the default mechanism of society, in my opinion, is 2x. It's about working harder, it's about working longer, it's about doing more. But you know, the, the subtitle of the book is how world-class entrepreneurs achieve more by doing less. And I'm like, okay, all right, hold on a second. How is that possible? How can you think bigger? How can you go bigger, but do less? And so you know, let's, let's kind of dive into that mindset because that's the first piece of this, right? And obviously there's a strategy and there's a way to really dive in in terms of your behavior, but it starts with a mindset. So what's the difference between a 2X mindset and a 10X mindset?
0: Perfect. It's beautiful. One thing that's a massive change and it's what you hit on even in the beginning with it being identity is that 10 X is fundamentally a qualitative transformation. What, when I say qualitative, what I mean is, is, that the quality of the thing changed. It was kind it's kind of like going from fast food to fine dining. Uh, it's like going from horse and buggy to a car. Like you may actually still be in the food industry, but now you're actually doing something at a much different and higher quality, which then opens up all sorts of possibilities. And so and I'll go into the direct differences between 10 X and two X in a second, but I just want people to realize like most people just think of 10 X is about doing more of the same. And that really leads you to grinding harder and harder. And ultimately uh, it it won't lead to 10 X results. So I, the example I use is actually Steve jobs where Steve jobs actually transformed music. He, he took, he took the music industry, which at the point in time when he started working on that problem or that situation, that opportunity was he saw a huge opportunity in transforming that industry. So back in that day, back in like the, like call the late 90s, you if you want, if you loved a song that you heard on the radio, you'd go to the store, you'd buy a CD, you'd, you'd get one song, you have to buy the CD, 15 bucks, you now have 15 songs and when you only wanted one, and now you're carrying around a big bag of CDs with you. So the only reason I bring this up is he massively transformed music by taking away all of the elements that were were not useful. You know, there's a great quote that says perfection is not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to remove. And so he stripped away all of the aspects. And that's actually what Elon Musk did with with spaceflight. He actually broke it down to first principles and said, how do we fly to space and strip away all the stuff that makes it cost 50 million dollars a flight or whatever it was? And so like he you know, now you can just buy one song. Like This was back on iPod when we shifted from CDs to iPod. That's a 10x transformation. Um, which then opens up all sorts of doors in terms of massive growth. But yeah, he just took it away, everything. Now you don't have to go to the store to buy a CD. Now you can just buy one song. You can have them all in your pocket. And so that was taking away everything that didn't matter and making it far better, e- easier, and more useful. So like that's how I see a ten x is. It's more of a qualitative transformation that then opens up all sorts of big doors. Um, but that type of transformation doesn't happen with 2x thinking. 2x thinking is more about doing more of the same. So I'll, I'll now kind of just break this down and then you take us wherever you want to go. But if you're going for 2x of anything, then what that means is, is that you're actually still operating from your past. So like, let me give myself as an example. I myself uh, have sold about a million copies of my books. And so if I wanted to go for double, then... All I have to do is just say, well, all right, let's go for 2 million copies. And if I'm going for 2 million copies, I'm actually basing my goal. I'm basing my process. I'm basing my strategy on what I've done in the past. And, um, and so going for two X is a past based approach to life. And it's also very linear. I mean, if I'm going to go for two X, I really don't have to change that much about what I'm doing. Dan and I actually created a model, um, which is kind of the core model of the book, which is based on the 80-20 principle. Dan actually formulated it based on like my poking and prodding. <laughs> Cause I, in order to write this book, I'm like, Dan, we need to understand this. And then he came back with this gorgeous model. That's actually why I love the whole idea of mastermind, by the way, they say a mastermind is the third mind that is the different sum of the two parts. And so I was asking Dan all these hard questions. He comes back with this beautiful model and the bo- model actually becomes the book. But basically with the model, we talk about how going for 2x means you can keep the 80%. You know, if you go to the 80-20 principle, you can keep 80% of what you're now doing if you want to go for 2x. You don't have to transform that much. You don't have to change that much. It's very linear. It's past-based. And so you don't have to change that much. Maybe just 20% tweaks. Whereas 10x is the opposite. 10x is a future-based approach, and it's based on a seemingly impossible future. Um, it's, it's, It's based on a massive transformation, and you use the future, not the past, to dictate what you do. And because the future is so much bigger and of a higher quality, it creates this massive filter. And basically, rather than using the past to dictate who you are and what you do in the present, you're actually using the future to dictate who you are and what you do in the present. And because the goal is so much higher, it actually, you know, to the 80-20 principle, you can only keep the best 20%. This is the key idea here is is that only 20% of what you're now doing has any relevance at your 10x future self. And so you want to clarify what is that 20% and go all in on that and get 10 times better at that. And then 80% of your current life, your current mindsets, your current behaviors, your possibly your, even your current clients, whatever you're paying attention to, the 80% has got to go. And if you just study and we can talk back and forth, you know, I'd be interested in how you see this in yourself. I can give my own examples. But if you look at any time you've made a jump, you've done this. You had some sense of calling towards a higher purpose. It invited you to go deep on something and let go of almost everything else. And then you just go through that process again and again. So, so 10X is really about less but better. It's about simplicity. It takes
1: a lot of courage too to lean into that because you've proven a certain level of success with the application of whatever it is that you're doing, right? The the 80% that you've been going deep on, you know, over the past however long has proven a certain level of success. So it takes a lot of courage to be willing to transform and be willing to ask the question of, all right, well, what it, what would be something that, you know, seems impossible, as you mentioned, seemingly impossible future, you know, how could I get, and you use this example in the book, and I do want to go back to sort of the gap in the gain mindset that you really talked about in terms of looking back to recognize how much you have actually 10X in your life and to really give yourself the gratitude to say, you know what, I've done this before, I've done it several times, perhaps. And you know, it's a reference point towards moving forward. But you actually gave us an example in the book, you were talking, there was a an entrepreneur who was talking about he made a uh, million dollars in profit over the next 12 months. Do you, do you believe that's possible? And he says, yes. And then the question was, well, what about making $10 million in profit over the next 12 months? He says, I don't think that's possible. And that's seemingly impossible, right? And so the question was, what conditions would need to be true if $10 million in profit over the next 12 months would be a possibility in your mind? I wrote in the margin, I was like, you you must answer this. You know, what, what conditions need to be true for this seemingly impossible future to be possible? So it's about asking that type of question and then being willing to say, all right, well then, what is the 80% that needs to go away? And what is the 20% that I need to get qualitatively deeper in?
0: yeah so so you hit so many amazing points here so there's a lot of research on this and actually in that section where you're reading it which is chapter one of the book we actually break down a lot of the research on what's called constraint theory and constraint theory is really just a theory of decision making according to constraint theory every person or every system has a goal and the goal is what determines what would be called the bottleneck and the bottleneck is what's actually needs to be solved in order to to achieve the goal the problem is, is with most businesses and organizations, they're not even dealing with the bottleneck. They're actually focused on the 80%. They're focused on all these things that are literally creating zero results. And so what I love about your initial, like this, this conversation is, according to constraint theory, and there's a lot of research by a guy named Dr. Alan Bernard, which I cite, making the goal impossible in your mind, which is what you were just describing... You know, taking it to a 10x higher level or a 10x different or better level. It gets you to the point where you're now looking at it and you say, I don't think that's possible. And then so to the question, well, what would, what conditions would need to be true for it to be possible? This is now where Elon Musk starts breaking down with first principles. How can, what would need to be true for us to be able to do this? And that's where you actually, that actually is your 20% that you go deep on. And it actually weeds out the 80% of most of what you're doing right now that could never get you there. This is one of the reasons why having really big goals is useful is because it creates kind of an honesty filter of most of what you're doing right now has no relevance there. Most of what you're doing right now is in the 80% of stuff that's actually holding you back, but you would have, you would never be able to identify that 80% unless the goal was big enough. So like I give, I give my son as an example where my son, Caleb is a tennis player. He's a freshman high school tennis player. And he wants to play college tennis. And we had an interesting conversation when we were with one of his coaches. And his coach asked Caleb, What's your goal? And Caleb said, My goal is to play in college. And then his coach said, Well, why don't you just make the goal to go pro? Caleb's like, I don't know. It's not my goal. <laughs> and he's like, That's it didn't really matter. But I actually was learning about constraint theory and stuff like that. And so I just thought this was interesting. And so when we were driving home, I asked Caleb, I said, Caleb, I don't I told him, I said, first off, I don't care what your goal is. You get to choose the goal. But let's just talk about this for a minute. I said, if your goal is to go to college, and we already know some of the colleges you want to play at, do you think you're actually on a path to getting there? Do you think that your current trajectory would get you there? And he's like, I think so. I hope so, but I think so. I think I'm on a pretty good path. And I said, well, what about to pro? Do you think your current path would get you to pro? And he was very honest. He like, of course not. Like, there's no way I'm on a path to going to pro. I said, okay, that's cool. So that actually points to the idea that higher goals require a much different path, Right. But it also points to the idea, well, here in Orlando, there's like literally hundreds of different pathways to getting to the college level. There's a ton of different coaches, a ton of different programs. My son could play high school. The point here is, is to get to a low goal, there's a lot of possible pathways. But to get to a 10x higher goal, there's hundreds of coaches that could get my son to college. But there's like maybe three that could get him to the pro level in our state. And so there are less pathways, less possible potentials, which means that most of what he's doing right now. Is probably a waste. And if he actually went for the higher goal, we would then be able to find much, much more effective pathways, much more effective coaches. His process would change entirely if we went for a higher goal. It'd actually make it a lot easier for him to go to college if we just went for pro because then we would be forced to upgrade his training and stuff like that. Let me give you one last thought, though, on this and your point on courage. First off, the courage to actually think about a 10x goal And the courage to let go of the 80% that you now know is holding you back, even though it may have been the best parts of what got you here. Your 80% is your past self and it's your security blanket. The 20% is freedom. So how I see it is 20% is freedom, 80% is security. You go into the security whether it's doing the thing, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's just like honestly like managing their team or needing to know everything that's going on. But to let that 80% go it feels like a loss. I'm glad you brought up the gain, but it actually is a massive gain letting go of the things that are holding you back, but it feels like a loss. And so it's scary because you feel like you might, you know, this is your security. And so you feel like everything might fall apart if you let go that 80% when really you're letting, you're stripping away everything that's not, you know, it's not your future self.
1: I love that. And one of the things that I, that really stands out to me about everything that you're saying as well as just the entire concept here is that freedom is the ultimate outcome. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of investors, they lose sight of that when they're in building mode, right? Maybe that's what propelled them to get started, to build the business or you know, to make a transformation you know, from whether it was W2 to launching their business or investing in real estate or whatever, that's the initial goal. But I feel like, and this is based on what people say, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, they lose sight of the fact that ultimately, it's a vehicle towards creating an outcome in their life. And when you keep reminding me that this is all about freedom and recognize that the 80% is a security blanket, the 20% is the real pathway to freedom. And you can trace it back and you can look back. And, and I know it was, it was an amazing exercise for myself to look back and recognize how many times that I wasn't totally giving myself credit for, that I actually 10xed. And I guarantee any of the listeners can go through this exercise and you'll want to do it by by reading the book, but ultimately it's looking back to say, well, then I made this leap and here's what I did to go 20% deeper. And it gives you this reference point to say, wow, I've actually already done this time and time again. And there may be small circumstances that you may not even be giving yourself tremendous amount of credit for, but then it gives you this sort of momentum as you look forward. But ultimately it is about shedding the identity, the linear identity and stepping into exponential. As you were talking about the conversation with you and Dan and finding this opportunity to you know apply the 80-20 principle to this concept, that was a mastermind sort of exponential dialogue together that created, wait a minute, now it makes sense. Now we're going deeper in the 20, and you just keep going deeper. Once you've x one time, three times, five times, 10 times, it's you don't stop there. You keep going. And it and it's it feels like a constant shedding.
0: Of that two x identity. You're right. You're 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 beautifully right on so many. Yeah. So this is where identity is such a, a powerful concept. Your identity is basically the story of your past and your future, and many people's identity is locked up in their past, um, such that their past is actually driving their decisions in the present and even their goals for the future, which is two x. And so if you're letting the past dictate who you are and what you're up to, then you're living linearly. You're living. Uh, kind of stuck in the past and stuck in a story, it's actually much more powerful to let the present... First off, you want you want the present to be driven by the future, but you also want the past to be driven by the present. Now, that, that may sound crazy, but a lot of people, their, pre- their past is driving their present. And I know that you've read The Gap and the Gain, but instead, you actually want the present to drive the past. And what that means is that you're always using your best knowledge in the present to transform your view of the past. The past is just a meaning. Actually, there's a a great quote from Brent's life. He's a psychologist, but he says it's more accurate to say that present causes the meaning of the past than to say that the past causes the meaning of the present. So rather than you being pushed forward like a domino by your past, you're actually always consciously creating the past in your mind and transforming it into new lessons, new learning. But the same thing is true of your future. So there's a lot of research that shows that most people, just like we let the past onto the present, meaning like we think that who I am now is who I was in the past. We also project the present onto the future. And this, this leads us to continually being linear. And there's a lot of research that I broke down in the Future Self book where it talked about how most people, when they think about the future, they're projecting the present onto that future. And so what that means is, is that they're not being very imaginative about that future and that they're overly assuming that the future is going to look a lot like the present. And so they're saying who I am now is who I'm going to be in 10 years. And it's like, that's not true. But also if you want to start living with more imagination and more creativity, you actually want to take a, a seemingly impossible future and you want to actually pull that to the present. You want the future to to determine the present, not the present to determine the future. And that's a much more exponential approach. That's my son letting the new exponential future, which is pro dictate, let's Based on that future, what do we do? Do we go get a different coach? If that's what he wants. So yeah, it, it definitely changes decision-making. I honestly love it because it, it, it leads me to being a lot more honest. I mean, this is part of the whole stripping away of the 80% is that it, all of that security blanket, all that stuff is no longer what you want and there's not really much more to squeeze out of it, but you're staying there because you're avoiding loss or you're avoiding failure. You're avoiding what other people think. And so that is the 2X identity is that you're staying who you were rather than choosing who you want to be and letting the chips fall where they may. I think having a future-based identity, which is letting your future self call the shots, is a lot more powerful than overly identifying with your past self.
1: I love this so much. The reason why is because one of my core beliefs is that human beings were designed to go big. And that's what we're talking about here. One of the big pieces that I think is critical to what you just described is this relentlessness in raising your standards, because where you are, you should be grateful for the growth that you've experienced in your life. But now it's about, instead of saying, well, yeah, I'm going to double what I'm doing here over the next few years, or I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go on this linear path, which could be something that perhaps you think is very successful. Maybe that's a reference point that you would just be extremely proud of. but. What you're suggesting is instead of doing that, step into this discomfort, find comfort in being uncomfortable with the thought process of 10Xing the quality of everything you do, which starts with removing all of these things that are linear.
0: Two things on this. One is is just, and you've hit it a few times already in this conversation, the acknowledgement that you've done it so many times in the past. Like if you, for the listeners of this podcast who are all high achieving people, the life you've normalized right now Which you heavily take for granted, we all do, because it's normal, is impossible to your past self. Aspects of it are the whole thing. You know, certain things that are just now your normal life. If you go back to some stage of your past self, your your current life would have been an impossible dream to that former version of you. And so you've done this many times before. But yeah, when you when you raise the standard to a new level that's when it actually stops being a goal and it starts being a standard. And I actually, I actually prefer standards over routines. I prefer to setting a new standard and letting that standard dictate who you are and what you do. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more.
1: Yeah. Standards over routine. That is a huge takeaway. Well, if
0: you're doing a routine, you're operating from the past, by the way, you know, seriously, like the routine is just, that's actually the difference um, between 10 X and two X is, is that like Malcolm Gladwell he talked about how becoming an outlier is 10,000 hours, right? But that's that's honestly focused on time and routine. Whereas I love the quote from Naval Ravikant. Naval Ravikant said, it's not 10,000 hours, it's 10,000 iterations. Like It's not about, it's, it's literally about 10,000 transformations, but you're only going to be iterating towards whatever you're going for. So whatever you're going for as a person in like psychology and stuff, they call that fitness function. We're all going for some standard. For someone it could be, like I actually use an example in the book of my cousin, who's like one of the top players in World of Warcraft, literally has zero interest to me in what I'm interested in, but he has a freaking high standard in that, and that's shaping his process, right? There's other people who want to have private jets. There's other people who want to do X, Y, and Z. Whatever you're going for is shaping what you're iterating yourself into. And so when you change the goal, make it massively bigger, it's going to change your process. It's going to change what you're going for. It's going to change your practice. And that's really what deliberate practice is, is you're practicing toward a certain standard, So the difference,
1: well, perhaps, I mean, I think about, you know, there's a couple of things that are coming to mind, one of which is the compound effect of applying, you know, a consistent routine over a period of time, right? And so there's obviously value in that concept, but what you're talking about is iterating the approach to everything you do based on your standards of being 10x, right? Essentially optimizing and embracing this identity, which is continually transforming. Is that what you're saying?
0: It's kind of like the idea if you do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, you're insane. And so I think that often that's what people's routines are, is is they're doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting a different transformation. Certainly you got to do things consistently. I'm not saying that reps don't matter. Like, you know, you got to go to the gym, you know, whatever it is you're trying to get better at. The thing is, is if you're not, if you're not practicing or ru- doing a routine towards something specific, you're actually not getting any better. You're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so there's a great quote, you know, Frankel, Victor Frankl said, when the why is strong enough, you can bear almost any how, but also when the why is strong enough, you will find the how. And that goes straight back to pathways thinking, which is if you make the goal higher and if you make it more specific, not only will it simplify your process back to the idea that there's only maybe three coaches in Orlando versus 3000, right? Higher goals have much simpler processes because there's a lot less pathways to getting there. Almost everything you're doing right now is in the 80% that needs to be let go of if you have a higher goal. And so, yeah, I think the higher goal will lead you to better pathways and higher levels of iteration. And you won't keep doing the same thing as you did yesterday. But also, and this was a point you were talking about with quality. And this is this goes straight back to growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And it's a, it's a recognition. And this is a hard one. And this is a hard pill for for you, for me, for anyone is, the truth that your future self could actually be 10 times better at what you do. I'm not saying 10 times bigger. It could be 10 times bigger, but I'm saying 10 times better in specific ways. You could be 10 times more capable in whatever it is that you value and want to do. Uh, That 20% that really matters, you know, your future self and who you want to be. Just like right now, you are 10 times better in certain key areas than your past self was. Realizing that you can be 10 times better in specific ways, and helping people in certain ways, and then actually going for that. That's when you start to develop the growth mindset and when you start making those massive iterations. And that's when you start getting the most out of your time. You know, one of the things that um, Alan Bernard talked about was not only selective attention, we focus on whatever we focus on, we create more of. But if you have the 80% still, so for an entrepreneur... If they're still caught up in 50 different things in their business versus removing themselves from that and focusing on their 20%, if your attention is scattered or split, even distracted by X, Y, and Z on social media, then you have surface level attention. And if you have surface level attention, then you're not getting a massive return on your attention. And the return on your attention is who you become. And so if you remove that 80% and go deep, focusing on becoming 10 times better, you get shocked that in a year from now, you've just transformed as much as maybe the average person does in 20 or 30 years. Because you focused, you went deep and you transformed. Whereas if you're caught in 80%, you're still at the surface.
1: You know, it's I, I'm, I'm a little bit getting chills because I just finished reading Deep Work as well by Cal Newport. And I think it's a perfect supplemental uh, learning program to what you wrote here in 10X. You know, I'm thinking about my future and I'm almost excited. I'm, I'm tremendously excited about who I'm going to become as a result of going deep rather than shallow, because our whole society is designed around shallow. It's designed around distraction. And we've got to design our own approach to eliminate distraction and go deep.
0: This is why 10X is about less, not more. Yes. Higher quality, less quantity. It is a qualitative transformation. Yeah, go ahead, please.
1: The pathways thinking, you know, I always talk about resourcefulness is, is you know, the most powerful resource that we have in the planet. It, it, it's resourcefulness. And it's about finding a way, right? Finding a way to answer big questions, like what conditions would need to be met for me to accomplish X. And so when I'm focusing then on that type of question, I'm creating a path to getting there. Then what I'm doing is, first of all, here's the other thing too is I'm embracing abundance and I'm focusing on what I want rather than what I don't have or linear approach because we're surrounded by linear, everything around us for the most part, there's some, there's some examples of exponential, which is amazing. And we should be studying those, but everything around us is generally built off of scarcity. So that's what we're operating on, whether it's conscious or subconscious. And so, but but this concept of getting clear and getting exactly what you want versus what you think you need, to me was a big aha as well through through reading this book.
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear what you got out of that, but the 80% is what you think you need. Seriously. Uh, you're only holding on to it because you think you need it. You're getting a benefit from holding on to the 80% because it helped you get here, because it's some relationship. If, you, if you're doing something because you think you need it, then that's the opposite of freedom, right? We're Going back to the point of freedom, freedom is choice-based. Freedom is doing something because you want to, not because you think you need to. And if you're still operating on need, then you're actually not free. The thing that you think you need owns you, and so it's determining what you do versus you determining what you do. That's the difference between external security and internal security. Internal security is freedom. So if you're doing something because you think you need it, then it's not. Then you're not free. You're actually enslaved by that thing. And so this goes straight back to intrinsic motivation and stripping away everything, everything, everything that's not your future self. So like the... The core story, I guess you could say, of the book is Michelangelo and you know how he created the David and how he told the Pope that the way he did it was he took away everything that's not David. I see the David being your 10x future self. Once you start to embody that identity, you start to strip away everything that's not your 10x future self, which is the 80%, which are in a lot of ways what psychologists would call your hidden commitment. Your hidden commitments being your past self, your past identity. Since commitments and standards are the same thing, your your 80% is your past self, your hidden commitments that you're still holding on to out of a sense of security which is the opposite of freedom. And so this is why it's really interesting is even if you've gone 10x many times before and you have greater enormously greater levels of internal and external secure or freedom than your past self the truth is is that your new life could enslave you. You know your new great cushy job, right? Or these golden handcuffs and that you always have to choose a next level of freedom above your current self or you're now enslaved by the great things that you created. A lot of this is why a lot of business owners They shift from what's called an approach mindset to an avoid because now they're successful and now they feel like there's way more to lose. And so now they're enslaved by the things that they think that they could lose. And so now they don't actually continue to choose freedom. Now they've stopped their growth in the future. And there's a great quote from Dan on this one where he says, you want to always make your future bigger than your past. But a lot of people, once they've been really successful now they're enslaved by that success or by the situations it created and now they're no longer free. So to go 10X again and again and again, you've got to choose freedom. There's one thing that I I do want to say here. And uh, again, we go wherever you want, but the things that were in your 20%, call it in a previous 10X jump, will become part of your 80%. So like I use myself as an example, when I was in my PhD program, my 10X was to go from basically someone who wanted to be a writer to a professional writer. That was my 10X. And I started that process when I got into my PhD program, call it 2014, 2015, and I viewed my, ten, my next 10x jump, my next chapter, my next you know version of myself as being a professional author, and obviously that then allowed me to clarify my 20%. I started having conversations with agents, with other authors, and I'm like, how do I get a, a six-figure book deal? Because I want to, I want to do this. and I want to provide for my family, and they're like, well, you got to have an email list, you got to like have blogs, and, and so like that clarified my 20% to get 10 times better at. And so that ultimately led me to blogging and growing a massive email list and, and going through this jump of 10X. And obviously I had to let go of a lot of things that were taking up my time so that I could go deep on becoming a professional author. It did lead me to writing a lot on medium.com. So I wrote on medium.com for years, had tons of viewers, got, you know, literally hundred million views and like tons of emails. But once I went 10X and I actually achieved my goal and I like reached a new mountain, I was now, I did get my book deal. I'm now a professional author. I'm now on a different mountain. And from there, I can now view and visualize much different 10Xs or much different mountains that I could never have viewed at the bottom of the mountain when I was first imagining getting to this level. And so once I got there and I imagined my next 10X, which by the way, was not linear. It wasn't like, okay, now let's go for a billion blog views. No, that would have been terrible. It's like I had a new goal and it was totally different, qualitatively different. And so I actually had to let go of blogging. What was in my 20% Shifted to my eighty percent, and it stopped being useful. And so, it's just important to realize that the, some of the things, and even the relationships that were essential to you getting to where you're at now, will shift to your eighty percent, and they'll stop being useful to the filter of your next ten x.
1: So, I'm curious for you because you know you're talking about this mountain, and you've climbed multiple mountains. And any listener can think about the mountains that they've climbed and what vantage point they have now and the view. Towards what they truly want. What do they need to get rid of? What eighty percent do they need to get rid of to get there that feels comfortable? It feels like a security blanket. It feels certain, but there's this twenty percent that's really screaming to them, and it's really telling them underneath the surface: be courageous and move forward. But I'm actually curious for you. I mean. You've obviously transformed. You've created these amazing relationships and you're obviously tremendous, tremendously successful in terms of being an author. To your point earlier about people getting comfortable with a level of success and saying, you know what? Yes, I 10X'd and you know, let's now let's be at the top of the industry and do this, that, and the other. But how are you fighting that internal dialogue as well as what does the next 10X leap look like for you? If you had to say, I'm sure you've thought about it at, at, in, in, at, at depth. So talk to me about that.
0: Yeah. I do want to say that often the 10Xs are non-linear and, and, and they can there can be multiple different types of 10Xs, by the way. Although I think it's good to, to have a cohesive future self. And I actually also really love the quote from Jim Collins, where he said, if you have more than three priorities, you have none. So for me, like I'm okay having multiple areas. I'm 10Xing, for example, personal, like 10Xing the quality of my relationship and connection with my kids, right? Um, but let me, I just want to give an example of this and then I'll kind of explain what I'm going through right now. Like, so the, one of the people I interviewed in, in, in this book, 10X is um, a guy named Tim Schmidt. So Tim Schmidt has a company that's doing hundreds of millions in revenue. And obviously he has goals within that to like keep it growing. But his own personal 10X, which is really interesting is he wants to become a musician. For a long time, This is something he's been avoiding for a long time. He wanted to, you know, he's wanted to write music and perform, but he's always avoided it and been afraid of it. And so his, you know, now he's performing on stage and stuff. So his own, his own personal 10X is that way. And the only reason I use this as an example, a lot of it is personal. This goes back to wanting versus needing. There's, there's no one to tell you what your 10X is. There's no one to tell you what you value or who you want your future self to be. It's honestly your choice. And stripping away the layers and getting to the point where you're really honest about what you want most, what you value and where you want to go is, I think, key. In terms of myself, just to be totally open and honest, while I was writing this book, 10X is Easier Than 2X, and I I was writing it for about, like, really deep in the process of writing it. So we went to Europe as a family for about six weeks. Talk about I Saw the David. There was so much... uh, Part of, I think, when you're going bigger and bigger, catching bigger fish, going for bigger transformations is you're going deeper, which involves deeper, deeper levels of focus for problem solving. Um, This would also be reflected in your calendar, by the way, rather than having 50, you know, 50 things on your schedule, you start to have a more open schedule for thinking, you know, Um, but I ended up writing the book, call it like really deep writing. I thought about it for a year, but really deep writing it, August, September, October and November, in 2022 so it was like four months of deep writing tons of feedback loops but while i was writing it i realized that i was now 2x seriously what it meant is like a really really likely i'll never write another book with dan again as weird as this sounds and i love dan those books transformed my life but if I was to stay in that collaboration, chances are I would be, i unless it transformed, like unless the dimensions of the relationship transformed, which is totally possible, it would be 2x for me at that point um, for where my next transformation could be based on where I'm at now and based on what, what I deem is most essential or most important from where I'm at now. Uh, and so it actually rock and rolled a lot of areas of my life to get to a certain level of growth. This is part of, by the way, 10xing your identity. And this is why there's a really great quote from Dan where he talks about how entrepreneurs who are too tightly scheduled don't have the space to transform themselves. And so in order to 10x your life, you actually 10x your identity, um, which involves going deep into the 20% both deep in terms of focus and also deep in terms of recovery and in like processing and thinking things through. Yeah. I, I just went so deep that my vision for my life transformed and my vision for what I could do could transformed. And because of that, it, it highlighted a lot of the areas of my life that don't have that potential anymore. Don't have that upside. Don't have. And so then you got to be really honest with yourself. It's like, well, do I stay in this because it's a great situation, which would be being two X, right? Or you could always adjust things by the way. It's not like you have to banish the relationship. Uh, Sometimes things can be adjusted so that then there's new 10x potential again. But yeah, learning these things has forced me to be really honest about so many areas of my life, about areas where there's been so much amazing growth and potential. But if I want to go 10x again, I've got to choose freedom over security, which means taking that bet. You know, you got to actually, you know, choosing freedom is courageous and courage involves trusting yourself and trusting yourself and trusting other people is the essence. That's part of getting to know yourself and being honest with yourself is trusting yourself enough to actually do what you want, even though there's risk in letting go of what you've got. And that's part of the 10X process again and again. And I think you, you have to have some sense of calling uh, that you're excited to go do this thing again, willing to, willing to trust yourself to go for it, even if it means risking, you know, potential downsides or loss. So yeah, it's it's intense, man. I mean, it's uh, but I'm happy to do it, and I'm glad I'm doing it. And you always, to Dan's point, you can transform every experience into a game.
1: And you know, one of the big things that I'm I'm a big believer of, and this is a huge reference point in its favor, is that the teacher learns the most. And in many aspects, what you're describing, it's 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 surprising to hear you say that, but it's also not surprising because I can only imagine as I'm reflecting upon this content, so to speak this is a transformative experience that is a continually transformative, like, I guess, operating system that you operate within moving forward. And so there's a bit of risk and there's a bit of, you know, almost, I don't know, maybe not, maybe this is not the case, but maybe a little bit of a, a sadness for the previous self that is going away that now you're like, Hey, that was a great part of my journey. And now I'm moving through that and I'm becoming something different. Because if you're not willing to go through that and if you're not willing to risk what you've got, then you have no chance of truly gaining the freedom. And if you're not willing to continue to transform through that freedom, you know, you're just going to stay where you are. You're just going to be linear. And so it's interesting to hear you say that because I, ne- I never would have considered that, but then as I thought about asking you that question, which just came up organically in this conversation, now you saying that because of this, there is a new path for you. I think it's, it's a great reference point, so I appreciate you sharing that. This is about radical freedom and also recognizing your unique ability and your unique ability. Here's the other thing that I, I learned through this, and you, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Your unique ability is something that you have to discover. You have to go within, you have to ask yourself some powerful questions, but it can also continue to transform itself. And it goes back to some of our previous conversations about personality not being permanent, right? And this can change, it will change as you continue to transform. So could you talk a little bit about the unique ability component of this?
0: Yeah, and by the way, there's there's gonna be like probably how I would define unique ability would be different from how Dan defines it, by the way. But I think the core point here is, is that your unique ability will take on different forms based on the 10x you're going through. Unique ability, at least how and I'm not gonna speak overly for Dan. Like this is kind of the root of his teaching and his thinking, but at least according to my own understanding, unique ability is not so much what you do but it's the essence of who you are and how you do what you do at the most profound levels. So as an example, like, but I could couch it within an activity. Like I could say my unique ability is to write, you know, high level principles or ideas, but there's actually something deeper that I'm doing. And that's just an application of it. Um, the main point here is, is that, and this connects with your 20%, whenever you're going into a 20%, which you're going to really go into a deep level of mastery. And I I, I actually look at unique ability and mastery as, basically the same thing like i'm so mastery is about doing something uniquely well and different and it's about you being like it's unique because it's you and it's unreplicable so like if you look at someone like a vincent van gogh he was a master because he was doing something uniquely well he wasn't just a good painter he was a freaking master because he was uniquely good and he was doing something that was radically uh unique it was it was himself and so a lot of this is about where is your area of mastery and what do you, you know, what does this next stage call you to become a deeper master of? And you can take the, the mastery that you've developed in the past. You know, me, for example, like all that time I spent mastering writing viral blogs, that was an application that taught me a lot of amazing skills. And I can now apply that in different ways. Maybe it's to be a teacher. Maybe it's to do something different. Each new level is going to invite you to, to reach a new level of mastery in different skills, but the depth of it, kind of the core of it, which is I think what Dan's calling unique ability is above and beyond any specific activity. And so this is the area where you want to develop special mastery. And so for me, if I was thinking about myself, like I could definitely say like, I've got a mastery or I've got a unique ability in writing books or in thinking or in learning. But if I was to kind of chunk it above any activity, and this is just me just speaking. And I think I write about it in the book, which is like, I think my unique ability as I define it for myself, is learning truth and teaching it to other people so that they can transform. That's at least how I define it for myself. And I just, you know, and I can tweak it, I can change it, but that is actually what I'm doing that I want to get deeply masterful at. And, you know, going to the idea of 10 times better, if I, if I, if, if my unique ability is learning principles and teaching them so that other people can transform to that learning, is it possible for me to get 10 times better at that than I am now? I believe 100%. I don't know what that looks like, but- it'd be pretty awesome to go through a process of seeing if I could get 10 times better at that. And so that's just me talking about myself, but I think unique ability is stripping away the David and getting to the point of you operating out of want and you operating from a place where you're get, you're developing mastery in the areas that you most value and where you can provide the greatest contribution where no one else could replicate what you're doing. This is part of why it's easier, not harder to go 10 X's because when you go into that unique ability, no one else could do what you do anyways. And although it's challenging, it's also natural because it's it's what you most want. And no one else could compete. There's no one else that's going to compete with Vincent Van Gogh. You know, there's no one else that's going to compete with me at doing what I do. Even if I'm an author in a very crowded space, no one's going to do what I'm doing or write what I'm writing as long as I'm being deeper and deeper into myself and just doing doing what I most want to do.
1: Yeah, the big takeaway for me there is it's not what you're doing. it's a It's how you do it. That's the separator. I'd
0: say it's the how and the why. The how and the why? Yeah. But that leads to the what's. You know what I mean? It could be teaching. It could be podcasting. It could be parenting. The what's, you know, come from the why and the how.
1: Well, the, the artist example is a great example because most people like the, I think the average way of understanding the concept of 10X is like, more, you know, bigger goals. And that's kind of the surface level. And it's basically shallow, but you're describing Vincent van Gogh or Michelangelo. They didn't do more. They did so much less, but they just did it better. And it was more valuable and it was creating what they wanted. Right. And it was just, to me, that is the big shift here. It's just, it's stripping away. And I feel like you almost have to just recycle this thought until you understand it.
0: The more you strip away, Everything that's not the David, which is your 10x future self, which is what you most what what you most want, and you at that 10x level, which is you being 10 times more masterful at what you want to do in the ways that you want to do it. Yeah, it, it really simplifies everything. You know, and I, we haven't even really spoken to who, not how, to go deep in that unique ability involves growing in leadership, where you have more and more people to handle a lot of the house. I mean, even Michelangelo. A lot of people don't know this, but when he was painting the Sistine Chapel, he did not do it by himself. He literally had like 30 other painters with him painting it, but he taught them how to do it. He showed them the models. Even an artist, like if you think about an Edison, right? He's sitting there going deep in transforming and innovating inventions such as us having light bulbs and stuff like that. But he didn't do it by himself. He had a team that was handling almost all the rest. And so how I look at it is, You have an 80% right now. A lot of entrepreneurs, business leaders, et cetera, they have an 80% and a lot of that can be freed up. There's freedom from and there's freedom to. Freedom from means you're freeing yourself from something. So you can free yourself from a lot of the 80% either by eliminating it or by handing it to a who. A lot of people, they wait so long to even get like an assistant to handle all the logistical organizational aspects of their life so that they've now freed themselves and their attention from all that so then they can free themselves to go deep on what it is that they most want. So I look at who not how in two different ways. One is, is that there are who's that are people who free up your 80% so that you can now go deep on your 20%. But there's also who's in your 20% that you go deep with and transform with uh, because they're the ones who are going to help you reach your 10x mastery. So for me, as an example, like Dan is and was... A, a who in my twenty percent, where we went deep collaborating, and without that, I wouldn't have been ten times better at what I do. Um, but if there's other people in my twenty percent too who I'm collaborating with, thinking with, learning with. And so part of the beauty is, is when you think ten times, you know, you think about whatever your next ten times is. You think, well, who is going to help me get there? What are the relationships? And then there's nothing wrong, by the way, with having a ten times bigger goal. But that ten times bigger goal. Is going to point you to a 10 times better transformation. To get to that 10 times bigger goal, you're going to have to get 10 times more focused, deeper, and better at what you do to get there. And so there are there are who's in the 20% that you're gonna get you're gonna go deep with, and there are who's that you know free you from your 80% so that you don't have to think about those things anymore. Whether that's mowing the lawn, whether that's doing X, Y, and Z, you're freeing your attention from those things either by eliminating or getting who's so that you can go deep in your 20%
1: that's why this concept is rocket fuel on who not how is because who not how is is a component of this transformation that you continue to apply better in a more at a more sophisticated level that's something that you said in the last conversation that I didn't even pick up on because I wasn't aware of you know the entire the entirety of the concept you know it's funny listening back I'm like and then as I was reading the book I'm like He's saying it right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. You get more and more sophisticated who's, and this goes straight back to standards. Every single one of your relationships is based on standards. And those standards are what clarify what the relationship is all about. And so my ability to clarify, for example, even the standards of this book, like if I was to compare these two books, Future Self and, and 10X my standards when I was writing 10X went enormously higher, even though I love my book, Be Your Future Self. Now, while I was writing it, I just realized this book requires and it deserves from my perspective to be at a much higher level. And I just realized I didn't have the who to get me there, like in terms of my editor, right? Or people I could riff back and forth on to get my thinking clear enough to get there. And so it forced me to get a really highly specialized who. You know, that's back to the idea of coaches, right? I had to get You know, to the level of like, I couldn't be at the college level of editors anymore. I had to get a pro level editor, which I had already worked with before. I need to work with you and you got to help me with this because I can't get this book there by myself. And so it actually allows you to get more specialized who's too, but also you can set the relationships up better. You know, like a lot of people, and this is a who, not how concept. And again, there's an FAQ section on who, not how, but a lot of people are worried about getting the wrong who's. And I think if you have a gain mindset, you turn every experience into a gain. Even if you get the wrong who, that's actually not their fault. It was your fault because you didn't know how to find the right who, or you didn't know how to actually set it up so that it was successful for everyone. And so everything gets, you just get better and better at clarifying what you're looking for and getting the right who in place. So so there's no there's no failure. It's just all learning. But yeah, you get better and better at, at setting people up for success. That's really what transformational leadership is. And then trusting them to do their part and you doing your part.
1: Yeah. In terms of getting more sophisticated in the application of who, not how, it is an evolution from, okay, I got all these who's around me and I'm telling them what to do, and I'm making sure they're doing it right. And, oh, they messed up. So let me let me involve myself and let me support them and get them to where they need to be. And, and it's a micromanaging approach. Then evolving from there to this freedom of, hey, I, I have freedom to You know, do whatever, whatever it is that's most resonating with me. It's a transformation to becoming a transformational leader. So talk a little bit about that.
0: So I would argue that most people and I've I've uh, even in this book, there's phenomenal examples of people who are running companies doing over one hundred million dollars a year that are still micromanaging the process, thus being a massive bottleneck, not only for their own transformation, because they're not deep in their 20 percent getting million X returns on investment in their attention they're caught up in the 80%, but they're also literally bottlenecking their whole team. And it all comes down to they don't trust themselves and they don't trust their team. And so tra- like tr- leadership as a concept comes down to two, two, two principles. Leadership is all about first trust and then transformation. People transform once trust is in place. This is true in parenting. It's true in leading. It's true in yourself. And so to be a transformational leader, you first have to trust yourself, which is terrifying to free yourself from that 80% and trust yourself enough to go deep into your 20%, whatever that is, to go deep, which is relevant for whatever your next 10x calling is, 10x jump. You not only have to trust yourself, you actually have to trust your team. So Dan has a beautiful concept he calls self-managing team or self-managing company. Uh, Go deep, obviously, into it in chapter six of this book. But if you don't have a team that manages itself or that's leading itself such that you don't have to manage it, And that's really what an asset is, is it's something that's managing itself such that you don't have to manage it. Um, Seriously, like I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you have to trust yourself and trust your team. And maybe you might need to get some people in place so that you can trust them, but a lot of it's your own lack of trust that they can handle and actually they can do it better than you. And there's a lot of research on this. I even uh, referenced self-determination theory, which is a core theory in motivation, which says that in order for people to be motivated, not only do they have to feel capable, they have to have a sense of autonomy. They're like, they actually can do the how and that they can lead themselves. So you trust yourself, you trust your team to handle it. And because you now have that space, you can transform yourself. And you then go 10X in your identity and your vision and what's possible. And because you've trusted them and now they are having higher senses of responsibility and autonomy and they're growing and they're also watching your transformation, they now trust you at a higher level. And this is a big aspect of transformational leadership, by the way, is is that if they don't trust you, And where you're going or in the vision that you're developing with them, if they don't trust, first off, if they don't feel trusted, then I don't know how much they're going to trust themselves, but how much do they really trust you and how committed are they to what you're doing? And so that once you can trust yourself and transform yourself, you trust them such that they trust themselves and they trust you, then they start transforming with you. And this is where transformation leadership is where the people who become, who want to be 10X with you, they're going to transform with you. The ones who don't. Those are the two X people who are going to defend the status quo. They're going to defend the past. They're not going to, want, and they're not going to come with you. They don't want to go ten X with you. The ones who do, it's because they trust you, and you trust them at higher and higher levels. And that trust is what makes ten X possible. And that trust is what makes the transformation possible. And uh, I want to give a simple example. So my assistant Chelsea, she's someone who I've watched change so much in the two years that she's been in her role. Like she's not even the same person and she knows it and she loves it. And she's like, I'm going 10X with you again. When you talk about commitment, if someone just has a job, they're going to just stick within the role of that job. But once someone gets transformed on this level where they now trust you and they have a higher sense of calling and purpose with you, they're no longer defined by just doing what their job is. Like they're going to go above and beyond and they're going to do whatever's required and they're in their self leaders. So just as an example, this book, so 10X, is 2x. as you and I are talking, it's not even out yet, but we, so the first printing of this book happened like three weeks ago, and we needed to print it and get it down to Cancun, Mexico for a group that I was speaking at. And um, basically what happened was all sorts of complications in getting this book printed. And we were talking to the publisher, the publisher and the printer are two different things. So it, I gave it all to Chelsea. I said, Chelsea, you're the who, I trust you to do this. You got to figure this out. And anyway, she bypassed the publisher, went to the printer and she was talking to the printer and like, basically there were so many bottlenecks, so much challenge and obstacles to getting these books to where we wanted them to be that, uh, Chelsea had to like make magic happen. She had, you know, she was talking to the, the whole point was she would have flown to Minnesota, which is where the publisher, where where, where literally the printer is literally wherever the printer is some factory that prints books happens to be in Minnesota. I didn't know this. She was going to fly up there, get the books, and drive them down to Mexico if she had to. And she even got the manager at the printer on board where the manager's like, I'm coming with you. Like, all sorts of stuff. Main point, none of that was necessary. We did get the books there, but I didn't do any of it. It was all Chelsea, and she was as committed, if not more committed, to those books getting there than I was. And that the reason I love that is is that once you get your who's to that level of commitment and transformation where the result matters even more to them than it does to you then it's like of course you've got a phenomenal team of course you can do amazing things because now it's not just on you you've given that high level of trust to other people and they they it allows them to transform and grow into it
1: i think the easy and lazy question to that is how do you attract those people but my assumption is and i've i've seen this to come true in my life and our business is that people are attracted to transformation. The right people are attracted to transformation. And if you commit to this, they're going to come to you and- The right
0: people will come, the wrong ones will be filtered out. Right. But also those right people who are committed to transformation, they're going to require more trust. They're going to require more autonomy because they want to transform. And if you're coddling them, if you're controlling them, if you're trying to govern them, they're not going to be able to transform because you're, you know, you're- you're like this taskmaster. You're managing over them and you're not, let, you're not trusting them to actually figure these things out and grow. I mean, in order to grow and transform, you got to make mistakes. You got to have more ownership, more autonomy. And like, if someone is sheltered by that, and I also think in terms of parenting, like one of the big things, you know, as a parent that I've learned is um, like learning to trust more, especially my other three kids that we adopted, like trusting them and helping them gain trust in me. And one, once there's trust, there's, there's so much potential, but if that's not there and a lot of entrepreneurs, if they're really honest with themselves, they're too afraid to let go of that 80%. They're too afraid to fully trust their team to manage it, handle it so that they can go deep in that 20%. They're, you know, and that's a fear-based approach.
1: Yeah. And that holds you back. I mean, you know, this has been such a great conversation, Ben, and one of which, you know, I think the listeners are going to have to revisit so that they can continue to immerse themselves into this concept. This concept will never get old on their transformational journey. That's the cool part about this. This is an operating system that you can work through for the rest of your path as you continue to become this new transformational individual. You create amazing things to get what you want, right? To get closer to freedom. But, you know, if I were to kind of wrap up the conversation with you, I'd love to ask you how do you fight against the continual perhaps desire or maybe it's subconscious belief that linear is, you know, yes, I made the right move and I've d- I've done a lot of transformation but now it's time to be linear and perhaps that's not a conscious conversation that a lot of people are having but you know, I notice that within myself at times. And I do
0: too. I do too.
1: How do you fight against that? I mean, what 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 are your thoughts on that concept?
0: For me, there's certain things that are not always like evolving at breakneck speeds but i always just for me the model that i i explained to you earlier which is is that the future should be the thing in my opinion that's dictating what you do in the present and the present should be the thing that's dictating how you how you utilize the past if i'm operating from the past then i've kind of defaulted you know and i'm no longer actually learning and i'm no longer I'm no, I'm no longer even listening to myself or trusting myself. I'm actually letting the situation dictate who I am and what I can do now. And so like, it it takes me straight back to Viktor Frankl, honestly, Viktor Frankl and anyone who hasn't read man's search for meaning, please do. But his whole notion was that your meaning, your sense of meaning and purpose in the present is based on having a future worth living out a future to fulfill and so if you no longer have that then your life becomes meaningless literally like you you start have you stop having meaning and a sense of purpose and then you start being retrospective where you just start you know honestly just riffing on the past and reminiscing on the past and you can have a great life it doesn't mean you have to break everything out it doesn't mean you have to destroy everything but if you're not continuously operating towards a future that's stretching you uh, and a sense of purpose that's giving your life meaning at that point, I that at that point you've kind of ceased to having a meaningful life.
1: I agree. I totally agree. Ben, you know what, man? I there's there's so much more that we could continue to riff on here. And I hope that we do have part three at some point in the future we because will. they're always transformative. And that's what I think, you know, the the true human condition is seeking transformation. So let's be courageous, let's continue to ask these type of questions. What do we want instead of what do we need? It is uh, it, it, it opens up so many pathways to possibility. But Ben, I just want to thank you again for being on the podcast. Do you have any other parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you like to share with Elevate Nation today?
0: No, I just, uh, anyone who's listening to this is obviously in a really cool place. Um, so just huge kudos to you for you, for your education, for how you approach these conversations. I have mean, been on a lot of podcasts and like these are very easy, well-facilitated conversations. So just kudos to you for your mastery. And uh, just for the listener, I would just invite you to play with the idea of impossible goals and just the idea that impossible is only possible from a perspective and what would be true, what would need to be true or what would make possible impossible. And then just going deep, you know, going deep into that sense of calling, whatever that is, that next jump and, and uh learning to Trust yourself enough to go into your next 20%, going deep, higher quality, and letting go of that 80% that got you here but won't get you there. And obviously, the book takes you deeper and deeper into what that means. But yeah, I would just say, I think we've covered it plenty. I think we've covered it enough for now. So I don't think I'll have anything else to say. But I would just say that the David, whatever it is you're, who you want to be, you guys that the David is your 10x future self. And you want to strip away everything that's not that. Perfection is when there's nothing left to take away. And the David is your 10X future self. And once you get there, there's gonna be a new and better David and it's gonna take you even deeper to freedom and to what you most want and to who you most are. And so you just do it again and again and it is about freedom. So that's what I'll say.
1: You know what the interesting part is? And I, I wanna yeah. just add this no, real quickly. Yeah, you're good. Please do it. Is, you know, the, the concept of 10X is easier than 2X. The only part that's difficult is making the decision. In my opinion, that's the challenging part perhaps. And once you do that, then it unfolds, then it gets easier and then it becomes proven. You know, it's like, let's trust the process here and let's make the, by the way, it's difficult in that moment, but then it gets easier along the way. Once you've proven that this transformation is possible. I just wanted to add that real quickly because I feel like, you know, sometimes people think about this and they're like, okay, yeah, it sounds great, but you know, you don't understand my path. Well, it's like, well, you know, let's face that fear. Let's face that discomfort and let's be willing to risk what was security in the past. So anyway, I just wanted to add that.
0: Well, I think, I think it's, So it's easier for a lot of reasons. But one is, is that the only way to go 10X is to make it easier. You've got to free yourself from the 80%. You got to get who's involved. You got to go deeper in your unique ability. Like to go 10X, you actually have to make it easier. But also it becomes easier and easier because you're letting go of the 80%, which is not only your old habits or your old security, it's your old stories. It's your past. It's your traumas. To go 10X, you got to not only let the future dictate who you are in the present, but you got to continuously transform your past All of those shackles that are holding you down, which is your 80%. So to go 10x, you got to free yourself from that past, which makes life a lot easier. It's a lot easier to fly when you've unhinged yourself from a past that had to be a certain way. And now you're no longer that self. You're no longer that past self. You're freeing yourself from that 80%. And of course, now there's, there's a lot more, you know, massive propelling when you've, you know, let go of that 80%, which is kind of like holding you down. So it is freeing. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's easy. We never said 10 X was easy. We're just saying it's easier than two X and two X. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like it's easy to let go of your 80% of your pass off, but it's 10 times easier than continuing doing what you're doing and grinding away and going for more, not less going for how, not who going for gap, not gain. What
1: we're talking about and the imagery that I see is David, you're chipping away, you're removing but ultimately, what I see is kind of the underlying factor of this is making your life a masterpiece.
0: Amen. And becoming a masterpiece. You becoming the masterpiece and you living a masterpiece life and becoming a master.
1: Ben, when does the book come out, my friend? When, when can the listeners... It comes out May 9th. May so 9th. When
0: this comes out. You put it out whenever you want, but it comes out May 9th.
1: We will be accelerating the delivery of this podcast so that folks can get a preview in terms of what is going on with this book so that they can pre-order it. We will put a link in the show notes is where the listeners can find 10X is easier than 2X with Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. And of course, the listeners can find you, Ben, at BenjaminHardy.com. Is there anywhere else where they can find you? That's
0: perfect. It's a great start.
1: Outstanding. My friend, until part three, thanks again for being on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Back to you soon, brother.
1: Elevate Nation, yes, that just happened, Uh, yes, Ben Hardy, bringing tremendous value, opening up the kimono in terms of what he's doing to transform right now from the transformations that he's already established in his life and his business in the way that he's providing value. So, What are you doing right now to embody the mindset of a 10X identity and shed this 2X, this linear path? that's comfortable that has security in it that you know what will happen you know obviously we 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 live in volatile times so it can feel fearful to to jump into a 10x lifestyle it can feel fear ridden but you've got to take the risk you've got to be willing to embrace that and i just i hope that you found tremendous value from this episode i know that i did And I know that I will revisit this conversation, I will revisit this book. You have to order this book and and I don't stand anything to gain by telling you that. But I'm telling you, this will change the way that you think. It will change the way that your future unfolds. It is all about creating what you want in your life, not about what you think you should be doing. And when you connect to that, it's amazing what can unfold. And really life is all about going big. It's all about transformation. It's all about growth. And that is what this concept is about, this this shift. This is a tremendous shift and it is exponential. It's not linear. And I think if you really love this podcast, that's what you're all about. You're about exponential futures. You're about exponential freedom. You're about exponential impact. And I think that hopefully you're loving this as much as I am. And so what are you doing to design a self-managing team or company or organization So that you can have more freedom? And what is it about your identity that needs to be more connected with the 20% that is a part of your unique ability? That is a part of the things that you do at the highest level or the skills that you have that no one else has. You know, you have those. We're all unique. We all have these fingerprints that are all completely unique and that, you know, also our our abilities, our, our talents, the way that we do things. They're all unique and that's a beautiful thing. So let's exploit those. Let's grow those. Let's go deeper on those and let's shed all those other things that are not getting us to where we want to be. Because if we're not careful, we're going to look back at one at one point in our life and we're going to say, you know what? I wish that I would have gone deeper. I wish that I wouldn't have gotten so distracted. I wish that I would have focused. And I don't want you to have that wish. I want you to look back and say, I'm so thankful that I was willing to be courageous and I was willing to expand and go exponential. So I want to encourage you to re-listen to this podcast because repetition is the mother of all skill. I have no doubt I'm going to be listening to this discussion many, many times myself. I want to encourage you to do the same. I also want to encourage you to identify your top one, two, or three takeaways from this podcast. It's going to be challenging perhaps to limit those to three here, but I want to encourage you to at minimum identify one, two, or three takeaways or distinctions or ah, ahas that really made you change the way that you see a concept or made you change the way that you see your future and the way that you're interacting with your future now. I also want to encourage you to have a discussion about that with a friend. Ultimately, when we have a discussion, we work through these concepts, that's when it starts to become more real. It starts to make more sense to us. So you've got to work through this. You've got to ask questions, consider alternatives, You know, understand, well, where have you gone 10x in your past? where have you gone deeper and deeper into 20% that is going to get you closer to your future? Where where have you done that before? You're going to love that exercise when you get the book. Uh, Again, we'll put links in the show notes is where you can pre-order and order this book when it comes out. 10X is easier than 2X. Uh, but ultimately share this episode with a friend because I know that this can be transformational for so many other people. So I want to ask you from the bottom of my heart to do that, but I also want to let you know that we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Elevate Podcast today. Until next time, Elevate Nation, we will see you next time.